Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Here's some facts for you folks. Number one, coffee is wonderful, delicious. It's great. Here's another fact for you folks. California is a really weird place. Now, you may have heard this story, and, and I think it's, it's going to do one of two things, right? It's either going to make people needlessly paranoid about things we consume on a regular basis, or it's going to make people incredibly cynical about warning labels, probably the latter. But I don't really know what good is going to come from this. California has something uh, that came through Proposition 65. It's the Safe Drinking Water and Toxic Enforcement Act. Sounds serious, right? You want to protect people. Uh, This law requires the state to publish a list of chemicals known to cause cancer or reproductive harm. Now, if a product or even a place is found to have even a trace of, of one of these chemicals, there must be a warning label. In fact, if you've even gone to Disneyland, you've probably seen one of these warning labels. Well, coming soon to a coffee shop near you, at least if you live in California, are warning labels on coffee. The warning that this product contains a chemical that may cause cancer. That sounds scary. Just recently, a California judge ruled that companies like Starbucks are in violation of the Safe Drinking Water and Toxic Enforcement Act because they don't have these warning labels. So this is going to force them to. So that's pretty scary. You know, walk into a Starbucks, pick up a coffee and see a warning label that this drink may cause cancer. Cancer's scary. I think people want to stay away from things that may cause cancer. You know, cancer is, is a roll of the dice, but there are certainly things we do or don't do that, that can affect our risk of cancer. So how do we make sense of this? What's going on with coffee or this chemical in particular, acrylamide? Well, there's a really interesting piece yesterday in the Montreal Gazette on how truly baffling this ruling is and how we should calm down when it comes to our jittery coffee. Uh, Dr. Christopher Labos is a Montreal doctor. He's an associate with the Office for Science and Society at McGill University. He also co-hosts a podcast, uh, bodyofevidence.ca, and is author of this piece uh, in the Montreal Gazette. Uh, Dr. Labos, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this whole issue in California, I mean, it cuts to something I think so fundamental for people. I mean, cancer is scary. There are obviously things we can do, changes to our lifestyle that might impact our cancer risk. So the idea that coffee is is potentially uh, carcinogenic, I mean, that, that's kind of a scary question, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. And if, you, and if you consider the fact that so many people, especially North America, drink coffee on a daily basis, this could have major public health you know, implications um, if it were true. Uh, the problem with this whole story is that coffee doesn't really seem to cause cancers. So that's where you have into this very bizarre situation where this court ruling has said that coffee needs to have a cancer warning in California, even though the vast majority of the scientific evidence says that it's not dangerous. So 
I think this is going to be the problem for a lot of people. It's going to be, they're going to be faced with this warning that they're almost going to start ignoring for the most part. And, and, and this is the problem when we start putting useless warnings on stuff is that eventually people will become desensitized and cynical to the whole process and they're just going to start ignoring the warnings altogether. Right. And that's an important point. I mean, certainly I think we've had success with cigarettes and, and bringing down smoking rates in part because uh, of these graphic warning labels that have just got more more dramatic and, and larger. But you're right. I mean, if people start to think that these warning labels are a joke, that, that could have that could be counterproductive. Right, exactly. As, as one of my colleagues said to me when I was talking about this, you know, they sort of jokingly said, like, well, you know, now everything causes cancer. Um, and there's some truth to that. I mean, if you look at, if you just follow news headlines sometimes, you can see, you, you'll find almost everything has caused cancer. There was a famous uh, paper that was published a couple of years ago where people went back and looked at the evidence. And you can find that at some point, almost every food has either been shown to cause or prevent cancer. Uh, and a lot of these studies are studies of a somewhat poor methodological quality. So these are not very good studies. They come to these conclusions that are probably not true. But if we become overly focused on cancer risk and if we start writing clickbaity headlines on stuff that is of not very good scientific quality, we're going to start confusing the public because, you know, from the public's perspective, one day so, you know, people say cancer is good for you. The next day, they, uh, coffee is good for you. The next day, they say coffee is bad for you. Right. Um, if you if you keep confusing people this way, you're, you're right. Eventually, they'll just start ignoring us altogether, and that's not going to be good for when we have a real public health issue that we have to try to put forward, like we did with smoking, and like we may have to do at some point in the future. Okay, so let, let's look at what what this this ruling is is addressing, because it is true that there is acrylamide in coffee. It is also true that that acrylamide can cause cancer but there's a, a, a lot that that leaves out right right i mean the amount of acrylamide that's in coffee is very very small it's about a thousand to ten thousand times less than what has been studied has been shown to cause cancer the reason there's acrylamide in your coffee is not because it's been added in it's because when you roast the coffee beans when you're sort of preparing them to make the coffee, what's happening is that when you're applying intense heat to um, sugars and certain amino acids that are in that are in the coffee beans, they manufacture acrylamide. So there's really no way not to have acrylamide in your coffee. And the important thing is, is that, that it has been in there since essentially the dawn of time. So we've been drinking acrylamide in our coffee since for as long as we've been making coffee. Um, and we should also say that acrylamide is present in a wide variety of foods, so in in breads and cereals and baked goods. Uh, it really has to do with how you prepare the food, so it's the cooking process. Anytime you heat stuff to a high temperature, that causes a small amount of acrylamide. So that's true. Acrylamide is in there. But the real question is, and that, I think this is the question that most people care about, is does drinking coffee increase your risk of cancer? And there we have to say, Pretty clearly, no, it does not. When you look at all the scientific studies that have been done, coffee in terms of cancer risk is either neutral or perhaps slightly protective. There have been a few studies that have shown that maybe cancer risk is a little bit decreased in people who drink coffee. That's a little bit uncertain, but it's pretty clear that it's not increasing your risk of cancer. So we have to separate, separate out those two questions. Yes, maybe there's acrylamide in coffee, 
but that dose is so, so small that it doesn't seem to be increasing your risk. And that's where I think this ruling has really sort of missed the mark. They sort of didn't see the forest for the trees in this case. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, I mean, there have been studies uh, involving rats and mice on the impact of acrylamide, but that's those are some pretty high doses they're receiving. Yes, no, absolutely. And, and and this is the other point, is that the doses that that have been given to rats and mice to prove or to demonstrate that acrylamide causes cancer are very high doses, over a thousand times what you would consume as a human being on a daily basis. And that gets to an interesting concept in the field of science about talking about the hazard versus the risk. So acrylamide might be hazardous to you, but it's not particularly risky in the same way that meeting a bear is a potentially very hazardous event. Yeah. Bears can be very dangerous to humans. But if you were to meet that bear in a zoo, the risk to you as an individual is actually quite low. So acrylamide is a hazardous substance, and you certainly don't want to be exposed to it at high doses if you don't have to. But the risk to you of drinking coffee appears to be essentially zero. But in order to get acrylamide in dangerous uh, doses, I would probably have to drink what, maybe even hundreds of cups a day. Well, yes, that's right. And, and, of course, and if you were to do that, then, that, then you'd probably have a heart attack at that point just because caffeine yeah. in and of itself, forget the acrylamide in coffee, caffeine in a high enough dosage can be toxic. And this is, I just don't want to get too far off topic, this is what happened in the U.S. a couple of times where these cases of these teenagers who were drinking this concentrated caffeine powder uh, and ended up having cardiac arrhythmias and dying so that that stuff had to be taken off the market in the U.S. and I think in Canada as well. Um, so you would never, and no reasonable person is going to get to the point where the acrylamide is going to cause them any problems. You, you, yeah, I don't think there's any rational person that can drink that much coffee to the point where they would start getting into the toxic dose range. Yeah, and that's what's interesting because I think there are legitimate concerns about how caffeinated we are as a society and, and maybe the dangers of, of young people consuming too much caffeine. But right, those aren't the warning labels you're going to see on coffee in California. You're going to see warning labels about acrylamide. That's right. You're going to go to a coffee shop to a Starbucks and on a regular, you know, a regular coffee, see a warning that says potentially causes cancer. Now, I think you've raised, raised a good point. You have to be a little bit careful about caffeine, those especially in young people. Um, we had a big thing here in Quebec. This uh, young teenager died recently after drinking an alco uh, alcoholic caffeinated beverage. Um, so there is a significant concern that has to be raised about especially young people drinking too much caffeine because it can be, like I said, toxic in very high doses. But for the average adult who having one, two, perhaps even three cups of coffee a day. Uh, I think the evidence is pretty clear that there's really no you know, uh, evidence of any type of harm or risk to them as an individual. So most people, if they're drinking their morning cup of coffee, can be you know, relatively reassured that there's not much of a risk there. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it there, uh, Dr. Labos. People can read your piece uh, on this uh, at uh, montrealgazette.com and as mentioned, much more at bodyofevidence.ca. Really appreciate the insight on this and thanks so much for making some time for us here. Thank you very much. All right, there you go. Dr. Christopher Lambos, an associate with the Office for Science and Society at McGill University. So it puts it in perspective. Now, again, acrylamide is, is a chemical uh, that shows up in a lot of other foods, too. Uh, and, you know, if you want to err on the safe side, you know, lightly toast your bread. Don't over-toast your bread, right? The, the darker it is when it comes to toasted or fried products, the more that stuff's being created. But then you put it in perspective here. As uh, Dr. Labos points out in his piece... The amount of acrylamide that's been fed to these lab rats and mice is anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 times what people would be exposed to in food. So that puts it in perspective.
as it pertains to coffee, again, as we mentioned, you would probably have to drink hundreds of cups of coffee a day to get to those dangerous levels. And probably by that point, you would be dead from something else. In fact, 50 cups of coffee would be enough caffeine to kill you. 403-974-8255. We've got a lot more to get to here today. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.